0: time for coffee with the chicken ladies a podcast for people who love chickens hey everybody and welcome it's chrissy and holly from coffee with the chicken ladies we're here and this is episode number 73 of our podcast where we talk about everything chicken family fun and more chickens more chickens we drink a ton of coffee i'm talking a ton But most importantly... We hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly, Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Uh, This is Colombian Supremo. It's Colombian. It's good. We need it to wake up, man. So, are you ready to sip some Colombian coffee and chat? I am. How are you doing? Good. How was your Easter? Easter was really nice. We usually go to my sister's house, hang out for a little bit. It's fun. Did you and Pete have an Easter egg hunt? We did not. <laughs> Actually, we're tripping over eggs. I know I mean, we have I've so got many eggs everywhere. Cartons it's a time of, of the year. Buckets of eggs. I'm giving them away. It's a time of the year. I'm looking through recipes and I'm like, that only uses three eggs. That's not enough. You're like triple it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sending more eggs home with friends. I did somewhat make a deal with a friend last year for the coop. Oh, that's right. Eggs for life for the coop. So I'm paying yeah, but, up on my bargain with that. But you still have tons of eggs, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's a rama It's that time of the year. and It's a, a good time of the year. Absolutely. the we're payoff grateful for it. Talk yeah. about appreciating your abundance. Yep. We have an abundance of abundance. Eggs are zero Weight Watchers points, as I do <laughs> yeah well here's funny so you do weight watchers and i do new yeah right? so eggs are a yellow food on new but bantam eggs are a green food makes no sense it does make no sense well size but we all know about the eggs and the calories and even right. though they're smaller they're more concentrated exactly i just thought that was a funny little detail. weight watchers is zero points all the way and Joe and I have been on for almost two months, and we're both down like 15 pounds. Awesome. And you're down 20 pounds on your noom. Yep. So we're making it work. Yes. <laughs> we're just getting healthy. Yes, with eggs. So many. So many eggs. So many eggs. Eggs and salsa on top for breakfast. Oh my God, that's so good. I love that. is <laughs> one of my so favorites. Good. And then with Weight Watchers, if you eat like non-starchy fruits or vegetables, you get a point back.
1: Uh-huh. So I
0: fill it with a whole bunch of peppers and stuff like that. And then I get a point back. See, I love Noob because I like all the psychological stuff. But I have to exercise to get anything back. Well, you get that back too. But if I need some extra points, you give me three bowls of carrots and I'm there. Every cup of carrots is a point back. I'll be like, okay, man. bring me the next cup of carrots. <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> Lettuce, bring it on. Most of what I eat is veg anyway. But but I guess because it's more water concentrated. It has a low calorie density. More so, bang for your buck, so to speak. Yeah, and you're getting hydrated and yeah. it's going to take the place. So, yeah. But we have babies, as everyone's seen on Instagram. We're dropping this two weeks from now. So our babies are going to be completely different than they are now. I know they, they are. grow so fast. They grow like weeds. They do. They're so cute. They're so lovable. We've been hugging and kissing them every day. So very quickly, before we get into the episode, what are the names of your four chicks? So we had a family meeting with the exception of Joe. He threw in a few 80s dog names, but they were a (laughs) no-go. So the Jubilee Orpingtons are Charlotte and Stella. And Charlotte's for Princess Charlotte. And Stella, because that's what we agreed on, Uh the girls and I. Uh Uh-huh. And then the Salmon Favreaux are Ivy and Clover. Cute. That's adorable. My two Jubilee Orpingtons are Queen Elizabeth and Queen Victoria. Yes. Very fitting. My silver laced Cochin is Emmeline Pankhurst. Yes. Our British listeners will know exactly yes. who she is. And the light Brahma is Praline, which I, I helped, helped come up with. You did. Yeah. That was brainstorming. Because all my Brahmas are desserts. So she's Praline. So we'll see some of Joe's see. suggestions were princess. Just princess. (laughs) See, I thought you should have gone with Princess Charlotte or Princess died. Me too, but the girls didn't like that. Okay. Pepper. Pepper. That is so an 80s dog name. (laughs) I mean, come on now. I worked at an animal hospital through the 90s and the 2000s. Pepper is every little tiny black chihuahua mixed breed dog that comes in that was named Pepper. Okay. And Princess. Princess, yeah. I even had a lover from the 80s named Princess. She was a rescue. Very popular. (laughs) So those were his suggestions. And he very quickly said, No dice. You name Spicy your chicken, but I don't see you hugging her every day. That's right. It's true. So, yeah. That's where we are. Good Good stuff. The chicks are the cutest thing ever. You can't get enough of them. Gertie's been loving those chicks. Oh, yeah. She just sits and watches them and says, Mama's here. She sat on some eggs for like two days beforehand and she thought magically they appeared because she sat on those eggs. Well, yeah. <laughs> Gertie knows how the birds and the bees work. You sit on an egg for one day. You get, you get <laughs> a chick. Four babies. Okay. Well, she is Gertie the Wonder Chicken. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when we came in a few weeks ago with the chicks, she looked at them first. She looked back at me like, I did this. We'll let you believe that forever and a day. Mama Gertie. Okay, so while we're here, let me just take a minute to ask everybody a huge favor. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review and hit that subscribe button. Both of those things do some amazing things for the growth of our show, not to mention we love reading those reviews. They make our days. We do. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can visit our Etsy shop, check out the t shirts we have on sale. You can become a patron of the show. Visit patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies, check out our levels of membership. The other thing you can do to help support the podcast is visit our show notes and use our affiliate links to buy products from our sponsors. Yay! We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. You can receive twenty-five percent off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a longtime subscriber and my flock love the healthy nutritious treats plus all products ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. Perfect for those picky chickens or ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code COFFEELADIES25. Try it today. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me just take a minute to tell you about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with the chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the April Box, I absolutely love the big pack of greens and fodder seeds and the sparkly chicken earrings. Those bath bombs smell so good and that wind chime is going to look so cute out of my run. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Okay. Do- <laughs> it's a breed spotlight. Yeah. And this week's breed spotlight is a and Lakinvelder. <laughs> Shout out to Andrea. I believe she has Lakenvelders. And Andrea is the owner of Chicken Love Box. Yes. I'm pretty sure she does have Lakin Welders. these are gorgeous chickens. They are really pretty. There's not a lot of color variety, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you know, it's a Lakenvelder when you see it. They're just very striking. The Lakenvelder is a rare breed of chicken that was developed near the border of Germany and the Netherlands. They are currently listed as threatened by the Livestock Conservancy. The new poultry conservation list has been released. Yeah. The Lakenvelder is still in the threatened category, which is sad and good because there were some breeds that moved. From yeah. critically endangered up to threatened, including the nankin, Yay! right? Yay, nankin! And it's all because Holly Ann got nankin. That's what it is. That is the only thing that sent <laughs> that nankin over was the fact that Holly got nankin. It some was Nankins. George. All the credit goes to George, George and Martha. <laughs> but the bad news is there were a lot of breeds that moved from threatened and watch down into the category below. So there Cheer are the, lot, what is it called? Critically endangered. There are a lot more birds on the critically endangered list. We'll have more about that on an upcoming episode. We are. So various sources say that the Lakenvelder was developed in the 1700s, some say the 1800s, but actually it looks like the breed is far older. Okay. Some poultry experts have suggested that this breed was refined in Germany. You know, that's where the name came from, et cetera. But it actually traveled to this part of Europe from India or the Middle East. It kind of has an Asian look to it. Well, I was going to say the Middle East makes sense because this chicken has a lot in common with a lot of our Mediterranean breeds. When I look at pictures of this chicken, you guys will have to decide, but... It's like the Malaysian chickens I see in this chicken. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either because I see a lot of the Mediterranean. Here. Is it the coloring or the body shape you're the looking boat. at? Both, huh? The body shape, that longer neck, longer legs. That, well, you know, we were spending some time today laughing <laughs> ourselves silly, watching videos on YouTube of all the various long crowers. <laughs> Maybe that's why I see it all. And honestly, both of us, our favorite of the funny crowing chickens was the Denizli long crower from yeah. Turkey. The Denizli long crower from Turkey has this elegant long neck. And so you're saying you see that in the Lake and Delta. I do. Okay. I do think that the Mediterranean Middle East theory makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we did see the laughing cock contest. Yes, I am Katawa. They but that's what it was. Hilarious. <laughs> and it was hilarious. <laughs> but of all those roosters with the crazy crows, I think those Denizli long crows are beautiful. Oh yeah, the hens too. We're gonna have to do them in an upcoming episode. Yeah. Anyway, back to the yeah, lake. Back of to this. Very striking chickens. They're striking. White bodies with black head and neck and black tail. They look kind of piece together. Like, okay, here's your black head. Here's your white body. Here's your black tail. It's so stark and graphic. It is. Black and white. Yeah. But I think as soon as you add those beautiful red combs in there, they just become this gorgeous chicken. Your eye goes right to them. Yeah. They do have the large straight comb. Sometimes even the hens. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Do you know when it's black and white and red? A red newspaper. Oh my (laughs) god. (laughs) black and white red all over a newspaper (laughs) sometimes you are the queen of the dad joke i just had to yes it's pretty good so sometimes even the hens will end up with that big red comb they also have really beautiful reddish eyes white earlobes again there's our mediterranean yes but you could argue that's the continentals as well they do i mean i don't know what it Uh is And they have beautiful blue legs. Yeah, the slate. So you add that blue to the black and white body and the stark red of the comb. I just think they're gorgeous. They are very pretty. They are smallish bodied. Four pounds for those hens. Yeah, that's small. That's like leghorn size. And five for the boys. Yeah, that's not big at all. No. So again, that was making me lean towards the whole Mediterranean thing. But here's the other thing. They're reputed to act like many of the Mediterranean breeds. Excellent at foraging. Little flighty when startled. Right. And they're supposed to be like wary and watchful of anything strange. Okay. Which the lakehorns are too. Yeah. They keep an eye on things. That's just to say they're wary. That's not that they're freaking out and running from everything. They right. just keep a good watch. Now, I did see reports from some owners saying that the birds were really timid at first, but they did warm up after regular handling and time spent with them. Here's the other thing. If you get them as chicks, you're going to start that process much exactly. sooner than if you get them older. Yeah. So, you know, if you get them as one day old or two day olds, you can start that process of them knowing your hand first right. thing. Any flighty chicken can be kind of tamed a little bit by Absolutely. having them that early. I mean, the wild fayumis... They never like to be picked up, but they're always around my feet. They're always flashing those big eyes. Come (laughs) closer so I can bite you. It's only Delilah that bites. So the hens are pretty good layers of white and cream-tinted eggs. 160! I don't call that pretty good. I called it pretty good. (laughs) I know! (laughs) It's under 200, man. It is under 200. Well, during laying season, that ends up being three or four eggs a week, usually. I want to see five. That would put me in the good. Like, But here's the whole thing. You compare everybody <laughs> to Lucy the Leghorn. Every <laughs> laying hand. You're like, if she can't keep up with Lucy, <laughs> she doesn't rate. 200 and above, I consider. You're ego- not negotiating with them for a job. <laughs> <laughs> i I'd really like to see 200 here. Can you get 200 out? Come on. Can we increase this productivity? <laughs> 160 would be fine. If they lay two eggs a year, I'd be fine with the two. If you're really, really in it for the eggs, you're probably not going for the Lakenvelder. They're decent layers. They're beautiful chickens. That's not why I get the chickens either. How many they lay a year, I look at that, but that doesn't change my decision. Exactly, yeah. Mine is their personality, their look, Uh that kind of thing. Right. They don't go broody much. That's a plus. Uh Uh-huh. Next week, we're going to have Fiona, and we're going to be talking about broodiness. Yes. That's so, a good discussion. This chicken might be a good one if you don't want to have to deal with broodiness and chickens. Right. I mean, keep in mind that with any breed, there's always a hen somewhere that's going to prove you wrong. Yeah. are broody, even yeah. though they're not supposed to. Yeah. It'll be a great roundtable with Fiona about broody hens and what to do. Exactly. So Lake and Belner, there is some debate about where the name comes from. Is this another town that disappears and is not there This is a very real town. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) So some folks say that they were named for the village of Lakerveld in the Netherlands. That would make sense. The other theory says that their name is a physical description of the breed. In Dutch, laken means shadow and veld means field. So a shadow over a field would describe the black over white appearance. That's a stretch. I feel like it's a stretch, too. Yeah. Okay. Like, these people are putting their own meaning of what they kind of see into it, you know, with these words. The other item of interest to me is that there is a Dutch breed of belted cattle with exactly the same name. And they probably come from the same town. Yeah. And with the cattle, if you've never seen belted cattle... It's a black or a brown cow with a band of white, usually around the stomach or on the abdomen. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense. Most things are named for their geographical place they come from. It's super common. I mean, sometimes it's a physical appearance, but I think the vast majority of the time, it's their region. It's an easy way to identify them for all time and know, okay, this chicken is from this place. That's their name. Even though sometimes when they were taken out of Asia or the Middle East, yeah. a lot of times they are simply assigned the place they were exported from. Yeah, The Brahma's a good example of that. But yeah. anyway, in this case, Lake and voter we feel like it probably is more to do with the area. Nine out of ten times, that's yeah. what they're doing. They're yeah. coming from this town, so we're going to give them this name because right. that's where they're from. Right. All in all, they take on a whole persona themselves just with their personality and mm-hmm. their looks. The name is just the name. Right. Chickens this beautiful are often show chickens, right? I can imagine. And yeah. that is very true of the Lakenvelder, yeah. especially in Europe. Yeah. They first appeared in the UK in 1902, which really isn't that long ago when you think no, about it. No, not really. They were admitted into the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection in 1939. They are in the continental class. Okay. There is a Lakenvelder Club of America. I did find a Facebook page for them. So yeah. if you're interested in breeding them or showing, You want to check out the club. They're, again, a chicken that's not easy to find. And availability has a lot to do with why these chickens get on certain lists. I did find a couple of good sources for it. So you can try the clubs. Yeah. You could try the American Poultry Association yearbook, the Livestock Conservancy Breeders Directory. You can Google your area and look for breeders. But the two reliable places I found were Cackle Hatchery and our friends at Murray McMurray. Yeah. They have a beautiful and Voter line. So they're out there. You have to look. I would imagine if you're going hatchery-wise, you might be waiting for a while because they're probably sold out Yeah, for a while. You're not going to find them in your small farm supply stores no, no. or your other larger chain supply stores. Probably not. This is going to be one that you're really going to have to do a little searching for. Yes. But. Again, if you have the Lake and Velder, send us pictures. We'd love to see. Oh, we love so pretty. giving stories to people who give us chickens of the week. And actually, we should do that. Chicken of the week. And if you have this That'd chicken, great. send us, us a- all the pictures. We can pick one of the week and it gets put on our stories every day. Absolutely. It's a beautiful chicken. It's an average egg layer. Have a little talk with this chicken and say, bump them up a little bit. i put you in good category. Well, this is coming from the woman who says that eggs are not a consideration when she get. <laughs> you're very contradictory <laughs> with your egg stance. I certain. am, I am, I am. It is what it is, man. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals Health Products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. Okay, so now we're going to move on to main topic. Yeah! Yeah! And main topic this week, surprise, surprise. It's just you and I. <laughs> we wanted to talk about something. We don't have a guest this week. It's just us. We're going to talk about where you're going to buy chicks and how to keep your chicks happy and healthy mm-hmm. and just a bunch of little chick stuff that maybe we didn't talk about before. Right, right. This is the time of chicks. It is. And we have chicks. Yes, we do. So we like to talk about them. Yes. Who doesn't want to talk about chicks? I don't know. If I had my way I'd have chicks all year long, but... Exactly. They're too cute. Yeah. They're too eerie as mm-hmm. So what we want to do is give you some information on how you can evaluate breeders, hatcheries, the sources for your chicks. Yeah. How do you know who's a reputable source to buy from? Exactly. So we just want to start off because the question has come up. Yes. We know that avian flu has been spreading across the U.S., Go back and give our avian flu mini episode a listen if you just want basic background and biosecurity suggestions. But the question keeps coming up. Is it safe to get chicks during this avian influenza outbreak? And the answer simply is yes. Yes. In fact, if you're bringing chickens to your property in any way, shape, or form, chicks from a reputable source are the safest thing to do. So where we're going with this is if you were buying chicks that just hatched, especially from a reputable hatchery, right? those chicks will have been hatched inside the hatchery in secure locations, biosecurity in place. Away from the breeding parents. Away from the breeding parents. They will be undercover. There's no danger of wild waterfowl or raptors flying over top. Right. In other words, their danger for exposure is slim. Right. And the one thing that you can do as a consumer is to make sure that the hatchery, the farm, any place that you're purchasing these chicks from is NPIP certified. Yes. And if this place is NPIP certified, you know that the government... The state is coming in and regularly checking the progress of these chickens, these eggs, and making sure they're tested healthy. Right. The NPIP certification simply stands for National Poultry Improvement Plan. Essentially, your flock is being tested for avian flu, for salmonella, salmonella and plurum typhoid. So they're looking at the husbandry of right. both the hatchery or the farm. Mm-hmm. They're making sure that everybody's in a clean environment. And, and these are blood tests. Yeah. So they're actually running a scientific test to make sure these diseases are not present. For the first month, or we do more, but your chicks are going to be in a brooder. Yes. They're going to be quarantined from anybody else. Right. So the things that you're doing for biosecurity, you're just going to continue to do washing hands in between chicks and chickens. Right. Changing shoes in different areas. You're already doing that. You're just going right. to add another little layer to protect more or less the chicks. Exactly. I mean, the chicks, their exposure has been minimal. You might think twice about, say, bringing point of lay. Or older chickens. Or older chickens on. Again, you can look at the source where they've come from. Right. Somebody that's a reputable place wants to tell you, wants to show you how reputable they are. Absolutely. So if you look at a website and it's not NPIP, it doesn't say anything about Merrick's vaccines, it doesn't have the salmonella testing, you might want to give that a second thought. Absolutely. Now, we have a local farm supply store called The Mill, which we talk about all the time. There's several locations near us. You were talking just the other day how they're blasting it everywhere. Marriott's It's on all of their literature. It's everywhere. When we talk to them all the time when we go in, we know what hatchery they're ordering from. They're very upfront. Yes. They've been ordering from the same place for many years. You can even look that hatchery up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and see, okay, where are these chickens coming from? When you order from a hatchery yourself, you check for these things and the chicks come right to you. So there's a level of biosecurity in that. Right. When you're buying from a farm supply store, that's another step away. Yeah. And so there you want to evaluate based on the appearance of the chicks as well. And the situation in which the store is. Are people right. allowed to come up and touch them? Right. Now, the new thing is I was just in the middle of, to get chick feed the other day. You can't even touch the chickens. in The chick area now. Yeah, they built these really fantastic new brooders that keeps everyone away from the chicks. Right. So you're not going to be able to touch them. That would be a concern. Are people able to handle the chicks in a big supply store? Or, you know, even just have hands and feet around where they are. Yeah. So with these brooders they've built, they have big pieces of plexiglass. You can still see the chicks and point out which chick you want. Right. But no one except the employees can physically touch the chicks or be in their area. Exactly. So let's go into what we look for, because we have purchased chicks in many different ways over the years, Mm -hmm. one of which is we've both bought chicks from our local supply store. Mm -hmm. This isn't a big chain. This is our local farm supply store. And what do we look for? First of all, I always look for eye discharge, sneezing, coughing, anything that indicates any respiratory problems. Mm -hmm. Pasty butt. Yeah. Eating, drinking, we want to make sure we're seeing the chicken moving. When I say lethargy, lethargic means that they're very quiet and calm and not moving. They sleep a lot. They sleep hard, too. But when they're awake, you want to see them active. What I've done every time when I buy from that way is I watch for 10 minutes or more. Oh, yeah. And if I'm watching one chick, I want to see that chick pop up, go eat, drink, and then lay down again. I don't want to see that chick sleeping for too much of a time. Right. Right while I'm there. And just like you said, checking. And if you pick a chick, you can have the person say, can you turn around? Let me see. They're behind. Absolutely. So you can see that there's no diarrhea stuck yeah, there. They can hold them up. Make sure you can look at eyes and their little nostrils. Make sure they're clear of any kind of discharge. Right. You don't want to see that. Colors good. Yep. All these different things. Right then and there on the right. spot. Now, when you order your chicks, you're not going to have that opportunity. Exactly, you're going to have to. That's where Your prior research. Exactly. Comes in. Yeah, you're going to have to rely on the fact that they're NPIP, Right. That everything that you've looked at on site on the website is and all clean. honestly. Over the twenty years I've had chickens, we've gotten chickens from a lot of the hatcheries that are out there. Yeah, and have had mostly fantastic experiences. Yeah. So do your research, some due diligence. It's not always a huge hatchery either. We order from small ones sometimes too and still look for all the same things. Yeah. You just want to make sure and just do your due diligence with researching these places. Right. The number one thing we can't say enough is that it's NPIP certified. We were talking the other day even about hatching eggs that you have to be NPIP certified to even sell those or ship those. Ship those, right. So they need to come in and they need to see those conditions that these birds right. are I living mean, under. It's a voluntary program. And so if you are volunteering to be in it, that means you are taking this seriously. Yeah. The health of the birds and biosecurity. The other criteria that we use is who has all the breeds we want. Well, that's number one, man. Right? right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you need to go who has the breeds you want. And this is the thing. When you're just starting out the breeds that you get when you start out are going to be different than the breeds you're going to have down the road. Oh, heck yeah. When you first start out, you want those introductory classic farm breeds. And you want to always have those. I always want those in my flock. Right. But years and years and years of having chickens, you want a variety. Right. You and will want different breeds. One day you wake up and there's a Denise Lee Crow in your backyard. <laughs> And you have to go someplace else to get them. You're not going to get them at the local feed store or even a big supply chain. Right. So doing your research online is going to serve you really, really well. Yeah. Look for reviews. Don't be afraid to ask other people, online community, Or contact the person point blank and ask the questions that you need to ask. Most breeders will welcome genuine interest. Yeah. And be happy to talk to you about their practices. If they're standing behind what they do and they're passionate, they're going to want to talk to you about it. Right. Someone that wants to just blow you off, you want to walk away. And like you said before, we do look for hatcheries and breeders who are giving the Merrick's vaccine because Merrick's vaccine protects both your existing adult chickens and more importantly, your chicks, because Merrick's shows up most of the time in juvenile chickens. Right. So if you have chickens from last year that were chicks, they can have it. If they weren't vaccinated and then you bring chicks in, they're exposed. Right. We are firm believers. Absolutely. We haven't been shy about that. And if it's available, there. if it's available, why not protect them? Right. You have your chicks. Yep. We want to talk about how to keep them healthy and how to keep them thriving from the first day that you have them. When you have a little two-day-old chick, that's a big responsibility. Right. I always joke about the first week being afraid to go to sleep because the brooder plate, uh-huh. the heat lamp. I don't want it to go off. You're keep... afraid of losing power. Exactly. Yeah. I... Well. It's a real fear. We just lost power yesterday. I know. <laughs> and we have those battery packs, the Jackery units. And so Pete popped the heat lamp on one of them. Good to go. You lose power a lot more than me. That's because we're so heavily wooded. My fear problems. is losing the power in the middle of the night and not knowing. And not knowing, exactly. Like sleeping through. Yeah. And it's still chilly out there. What are the things that we need to do for these chicks to have them thrive, to have them be happy, healthy chicks? You've come up with five basic things that we're going to talk about. Yep. Number one, warmth. That is the most important need of your chick. Should we list them and then go back and talk about each? Sure, yeah. Okay, so we'll list. Warmth was number one. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to say the second one because companionship is kind of where I'm into the hugging and kissing of the chicks. Right. Containment, safe from dangers. Right? Whether that's predators, whether that's places they can get hurt, they need to be safely contained. Good food and clean water. And this doesn't seem that important, but it is. Minimal stress. Right. So let's step back and go through each one, say a few things about each. Warmth. We are not quiet about the importance of warmth with chicks, the importance of regulating body temperature. In chicks, they only have little down feathers. Right. They have no means. Of keeping themselves warm. So we have to do that for them because right. their mom would do it. Exactly. And sit on them, basically. Yeah, yeah. So we have to make sure they're warm enough to be happy. Right. Because you will lose them if they are not warm enough. We have the Brincy brooder plate that we use. We have heat lamps because ours are... In the garage. Yes. Which is very chilly. In a brooder. Yeah. It's a very chilly environment. The brooder plates don't get quite warm enough... We go with the heat lamp for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I always do both because, again... Yeah, you can put the inverter plate in. Absolutely. They just kind of sit on it. Yeah, or or under it, whatever. When we first came the other day, I putting them under, putting them under, putting them under. Because say the light bulb goes out in the middle of the night, Uh I want them to know they can go under for warmth. Right. So you have to kind of teach them. And that's going to keep them happy. As people, if we're freezing, we're not happy. If we're over hot, we're well, not happy. remember the chicken hierarchy of needs. This is where it's going back temperature, to. Temperature, absolutely. You can put the brooder plate in right away in conjunction with the heat lamp. We don't do it. And I think it's because we're so gun shy because Delilah, the Egyptian Fayumi, was so chilled last year. We wanted to keep our eyes on yeah. her to make sure she was okay. Mine aren't even really going under it too much. They do as they get bigger. Yeah. We always give it to them as they get a little older. Okay. So number two, companionship. Very important. One chick alone is not a happy chick. Right. So you can have two if you say you lose one and you have two. Okay. There's certain special circumstances. But that's the reason most places will insist you buy three. In case something Something happens to one. Right. If you lose one, you still have two. Exactly. So yes, they don't like to be alone. And this is also a question that comes up from listeners and followers a lot. At a certain point, if you lose a chick and you're down to one chick and that chick is, say, two weeks old... You're getting past the point where you can combine new chicks from, right. say, the feed store with that one chick. Right. It, it, and you're kind of going to be at a pickle because right. that one chick is not going to want to be by themselves. exactly. So you're either going to have to go around and find a chick that's older, that's left, that, say, is a week old. Right. And there's less than two weeks in between. Which happens. Yeah. yeah. The companionship, I also take that as our companionship with them. Right. This is a time that you're going to create a bond with your chicks. They're going to learn that your hand is friendly, that your hand means food in it, that (laughs) your hand means snuggles and warmth. So they have the companionship with their flock and the companionship with their flock leader, which is us. And that is highly important to keep the chick happy. You don't want to just put them someplace and forget about them. No, chickens are social animals. They Mm -hmm. need a flock of some sort. Right. So safety. This again goes back to the hierarchy of chicken needs. Freedom from predation. That means keeping your chicks safe from maybe your dog. Right. Maybe your kids. Over or hand, cat. Like them. Your cat. Tiny so, children. It's any number of things. So you need to keep them safe right? where they're contained. They can't fall and hurt themselves. Right. Nothing can get to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to keep them happy. Exactly. If they feel safe, they will be happy. And some of this is achieved simply by coming up with a good brooder with a lid of some sort. Right. Not a lid that doesn't let air in. We use the soft-sided pop-up and we have a piece of chicken wire cut to fit that we simply lay over top of it. I use like the 80 plus gallon tote uh-huh. to start off with. And then as they get older, I move them to the pop-up. Right. Joe and I made our own lid from yeah. chicken wire and two logs. It works though. It works. It's the two logs going either it end and then weigh they it hold, down. they weigh it down. Yeah. yeah. So we've been using that same lid for going on like eight years. <laughs> it works. It works. Next is good food and clean water. Uh-huh. So important. That's going to keep them healthy, keeping them in a clean brooder with really good food that's giving them the nutrients they need. Here, and crumble. Yes, crumble. Yes, the crumble. And here's what we want to talk on. We work along with Strong Animal Chicken Essentials. Uh-huh. I want to bring them up because their chick kits are amazing. I've got to tell you, I've been sprinkling the first peep. Yeah. Which is an additive. It has cracked corn. It has seaweed. Right. It has... Oregano. Oregano oil and a couple of other probiotic things in there. The chicks go crazy for it. You just sprinkle it over their food once a day. Right. And it's fantastic for immune-boosting properties. Along with their chick elixir, which is the same as their chicken elixir, Uh but it's formulated for these tiny little bodies... And they're vitamins that are all natural. They're organic. There's nothing that isn't natural in this. Prebiotics. It's helping them build the flora that they need in their crop and their gut. Exactly. So, And again, we wouldn't be talking about this if we didn't use it ourselves. We use it ourselves. And we love it. And, you know, it's one of these things that I always say, you can't go wrong with it. (laughs) And you can't. No. And I was speaking to a friend of the shows today, and she was actually telling me, Tractor Supply is now carrying them. Along with four old oh, king. Okay. okay. So, Strong animals, that's excellent. She's in New England. Okay. So she was telling me that Tractor Supply is now carrying Strong Animal Chicken Essentials. Fantastic. That is a huge step for them yeah. because that is really mainstream at that point. Yeah. Along with if you're near rural king, they do carry Strong mean Animal Chicken Essentials. And they're always available on Amazon. The chick kit is fantastic. It's literally like a little box with a lid. Love it. And it has the first peep. It has the chicken elixir. And it has the coop recoup. Right. Oh, the coop refresher which you're going to sprinkle under your shavings. And believe me, as they start to get bigger, you're going to appreciate that. For sure. (laughs) But that's one thing I wanted to put out there because it's such a nice kit. Just the fact that babies really do need to build up that flora. Their normal flora. In in their crop and their gut. Exactly. And this is a huge helper. So I'm fairly impressed with it. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this in a lot of different chick episodes, Uh but we do use medicated food. We do believe in it. And we've mentioned it in the Quick Care to Chicks and Chicks 101. It has amprolium in it. Medicated feed does not contain an antibiotic. Amprolium is a thiamine blocker. Yes, It specifically treats coccidiosis. It robs the protozoa of thiamine and kills it. Right. So it cannot continue to break down the chick's gut system, essentially. So we do feed that food to our chicks. That's going to help keep them happy and healthy. Every now and again, you'll see someone saying that things like neck and other neurological vitamin deficiencies come from feeding medicated feed. In 20 years of feeding medicated feed, I have not had that happen. The other thing is you can mix a little bit of another feed in with the medicated you feed. You can. Uh-huh. And we do do that also. Yeah. And... It's perfectly fine if you want to get the best of both worlds. Right. Just make sure you have that cord on hand for your chicks. Just make sure you have the cord then. The first two, three weeks especially, they should definitely be on the medication. Right. Minimal stress. Minimal stress. It's pretty self-explanatory. Stress is extraordinarily damaging to all of us. So these all circle within each other. Yeah. Warmth, companionship, safety, clean food and water, good nutrients, all of those things... Equal minimal stress. Exactly. Because stress can affect our health and our bodies in ways that we're just learning. It exactly. really, really take its toll on you. So having a dog jump into the brooder with them, that's a no-go. That's going to create some stress. Screaming children over top of them. Just being careful with the children. Supervising. There's so many unfortunate incidents with kids and chicks. Oh, just yeah. Young kids, they don't even know. They're not even aware right. of it. Just keeping that stress level down. Not putting those chicks in with the adult chickens. That would create an immense amount of stress. Uh, They're not a good mix. (laughs) We've actually heard people say, I just took my chicks off of heat at four weeks and put them outside. It's not going well. Because your chicks are too young to be out there. Yeah, it's not going to go well. So all these things together give you happy, healthy chicks. And you want to start with your research from where you're going to get the chicks, Uh your research at the place or on the website to the place. Right to setting up your brooder, to loving the chicks, to giving them clean food and water. All these things together are going to keep your chicks happy and healthy. Exactly, And they're not hard. No, not really. Time it's, consuming. It's work. Yeah. It's work. All good things require work. Yeah. I enjoy this work and I know you do too. Oh, yeah. Before being a mom, I was a nurse to animals. That is my life. You know, like I have always been taking care of somebody. It's been my life too, animals, since I was a little kid, and I can't imagine not doing it. I probably say this every year, but my God, this batch of chicks are so cute. There's something really special about the Salmon Favreau's chicks. Those They're, cheeks. I think they are the cutest chicks ever. They really do. Those cheeks, when yeah. they look at you. They're a day old, and they've got a muffin beard, and their little <laughs> baby faces. It's so cute. <laughs> you look at them, you're like, oh my God, I mean, and then the little extra toe is so tiny. Yes. We've been putting pics up all along of the babies. We're going to be spamming it out on the baby oh, yeah. pics right now because there are new additions. They're so cute. If you have any chick questions or concerns, we do have two episodes out that we talk strictly about chick care. Right. One is Chicks 101 uh-huh. and the other is a quick guide to chick care. And later this season, probably in May, we'll start addressing some of the questions about when do you start putting chicks out? You know, what, what's the safe age to start integrating them? Yeah. And we cetera, have cetera, those cetera. episodes out now. We do. But we're going to talk about them again this year also because we have integration. If you need it now, we have an integration episode out there right now. We'll highlight a little more of the juvenile development as it goes along. Yeah, and you can follow along with our babies. But back to the very thing that we started this with, please don't be afraid to get chicks this year due to avian flu. And we've been saying this all along. Don't be scared. Be prepared. You just have to prepare and take the measures and the precautions and biosecurity. I mean, honestly, if you came to us and you said, I want to buy at a poultry swap, we'd probably say, don't go to a poultry swap. If you said, I want to go buy off of Craigslist, we're probably going to say, be very cautious about that. But if you say, I'm going to order from my favorite hatchery, it's probably a very safe bet. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I think we should move on to... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. We got a boatload of eggs. This recipe is a (laughs) 10-ager. We're going to be concentrating through the spring on recipes that are easy to use up your eggs. And I love this recipe because like on recording days, this is what I can grab and eat on my way, lunch on the road. We and don't really eat much on recording days. There's not time. Not unless we've prepared something ahead of time. We're doing interviews. We're yeah. doing roundtables. Right. We're recording. We're doing box openings. We're doing a lot of stuff on the days that we're together working. So... This is an easy one that you can grab and go. It really is not hard at all. It uses a ton of eggs, and you can completely customize it. It's egg muffins, so obviously you're going to be using a muffin tin because <laughs> <laughs> they're think? muffins, right? Do you yes, think? I think so. I okay. Think so. This is going to start with ten eggs. You're going to use, and and this is another one, super easy to make, gluten and dairy free. Yeah. So you want some whole milk? We used unsweetened oat milk, salt, pepper, garlic powder, ground mustard, if you like it. Judy's breakfast bake calls Uh for the ground mustard. My mom uses ground mustard in a lot of her classic recipes. With eggs. I mean, it does bring in a nice, rich flavor in with the eggs. It does. You can use some meat if you'd like. Cooked sausage, cooked bacon, cooked ham. I used a vegan sausage. Right. Really good. I said about a cup and a quarter, a cup and a half of finely chopped broccoli, because I love broccoli, but you can use whatever veg you want. You can use peas. I always like peas and eggs together. Yeah. They're well, asparagus and eggs. Yes. That's a good early spring veggie that's kind of out there now. Yes. Peppers, onions, make it Southwest, greens, beans, and corn. Greens of any kind. Yeah. Anything like that. Depending upon work. the size of your muffin. Right. A little to a lot. And then you need your cheeses. Right. Add a Gruyere. I'm a huge fan of Gruyere. I can't eat Gruyere. I wish there were a dairy-free Gruyere. So I just use whatever kind of really good dairy-free cheese I have on hand. I'm sorry you can't eat cheese. I miss cheese. I haven't been eating that much of it because I'm trying to cut calories. Uh Uh-huh. But Gruyere, it melts so well. Oh, it's delicious. It has that. Nutty it's taste. mild. So good. So it works really well with eggs. You could even do a pizza muffin. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, like we were yeah. talking about the other week, a while pizza ago. Bake with, yeah, uh, but you yeah. could do this with a little bit of turkey pepperoni and mozzarella cheese and tomato pizza sauce. Just drizzle some pizza sauce on it. There you I'd go. You put it in the oven. I mean, That sounds amazing. So this is one way. Ten eggs. Boom. It's essentially like an omelet base or a savory custard base with the seasonings and additives that you like. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. You pop these babies into your muffin tin and you bake at 375 degrees, 15 to 20 minutes. The more stuff you have in there, the longer you have to bake. The size of the muffin is also going to be determining how long you're going to bake. They can take an hour. Absolutely. But a muffin is a lot smaller than that. I would think you're probably not going to go more than, say, 30 minutes probably. if you go with a bigger muffin tin. If you do standard size, one is about 153 calories. Not bad. Not bad. And you can pack a bunch of veggies in there and get a big serving of veggies with it. Or you can serve veggies on the side of it. You can make it for lunch. Actually, you could have it for lunch, popping over top of some salad greens or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Be great. There you go. Eat it on the run when you're running late. It's an easy thing to do. And it uses 10 eggs. Yes. It's awesome. Easy peasy. Show us if you make it. Yep. We would love to see it. So now we're going to move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. Chicken yeah. with the chick theme. It's all chicks, babe. All the time. So... We are going back to a company that we've worked with before. We have. And one that we really like and it's called Roosties. Roosties. We were using and are still using those pads in our nest boxes. The nest box pads are fantastic. They are fantastic. So Roosties reached out to us this spring. And what they wanted us to try was their new chick feed and water set. Loved it. And they are in our brooders right now. And it's really funny because just like with the nesting box pads, we were like, I don't know about that. Yeah. We looked at these and we were like, they're not that different than all the other chick water and feeder sets. And then you use them. And then we used them. And then you say to yourself, where have you been all my life? Exactly. They are amazing. The water especially. So the way the water is made, well, first of all, it has legs on the bottom. You can put it on the legs as your chicks get bigger. Right. Right now, our legs are folded in because the chicks are tiny. Mine's on one brick, but they can still get to it, no problem. The reservoir is deeper. It's not as wide. And here's what I found. In the last 24 hours, I changed their water once. And they didn't kick stuff in it. And that's very odd for chicks. Right. So the water itself is well worth Super it. well designed. And the plastic that these feeders are made from is much heavier. It's a higher grade of some sort. Yeah. It is a higher grade. The other thing is you can go right on Amazon, order these and have them same day. Yes. They were shipped to our house very quickly. Right. Roostie's does have an Amazon shop. Yes. So you're buying from Roostie's. We have links in our show notes and on our Amazon storefront. They come together as a set. And like we said before, you look at them and you're like, okay, it's chick, water, and feeder. But no. I've noticed on the inside of the water, there's a slight little lip uh-huh. that stops the water from splashing out so much. That's true, Yeah. It's deeper and it keeps the shavings from going in. It's definitely deeper, but not so deep that it's a worry. They're just perfectly designed. They love them. We have a picture of Holly Ann's brooder the night before the chicks arrive. It has both in there. Yeah. And we will be having pictures. We'll show again the feeders and the waterers. The waterer also has a hook on it, which you can hang. Yes. If you have a system where you'd rather hang the water so it's not down in anything. I mean, really, it's the best of all worlds. You can yeah. hang it if you'd like to. You can let it stand on its own foldable legs. Yes. Or like yours is on a bit of a brick. Mine right now is just sitting on the shavings and it's yeah. fine. You have four different ways you can use it. As they get bigger, the thing that you'll realize is the water has to be up higher and higher because they're going to be taller. Right. Right now, the legs are folded under. It's on one brick. Then I can fold out the legs uh-huh. and make it taller. Right. Then I can stack the bricks and then make it taller with right. the legs. Right. So it gives you a lot more options. And like I said, the plastic is much heavier than what you're going to find it's in the store. It's definitely a better quality. It's a different polymer. So your price tag is higher than most of those other chick sets. But I've got to tell you, this is a game changer. For it's real. It's well worth the extra cost it of is. it because it's a higher quality I have no problem paying higher price for something that's higher quality. If it's going to make my life easier. Because generally, every half an hour, either Peter or I are at the door checking the water because we don't want them drinking water with poop in it. Or they kick the shavings in and the water just gets soaked up in the shavings yeah, yeah. and there's no water. But that is not happening. No. It's really a great set. I would almost think it's an anomaly, except we're both having exactly the same experience with it. We both said it. As soon as we started using it, we're like, oh, Wow. So, Roosties is a great company. They're a small company, but the fact that they put their stuff on Amazon so that it's easier for you and more convenient to get it is awesome. Right. And they did not disappoint again. No. False eggs. The false eggs. Which are great. The nest box pads. The pads for your nest box. The feeders. And they're coming out and trying new stuff all the time. You know what else they have? Remember the drinker that you switched to that has the the nipple and the little drinker. Yeah. They carry those. If you buy a set, Pop them in your brooder, take a photo, and yeah. tag, us, tag us and tag Roosties on Instagram. Tag Roosties. Give Roosties a follow. We've tried it first, so we can tell you you're going to pay a tiny bit more, but it is so well worth it. Yeah. These products are engineered to make your life as a chicken keeper easier and give your chickens better quality of life. Yeah, you're not going to be disappointed. But I never want to do without this chick set ever again. No, it's great. Okay, so I think we should tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week we are doing a listener request. Multiple, yes. The Old English game is Yay! our free. We're having our monthly roundtable with Fiona. We're going to talk about all things broody Hand, including Fiona's best practices for breaking a broody. Oh yeah, our recipe is pasta frittata with pesto. So good, and our retail therapy is the absolutely amazing a Bridgewater Potter. This is one we've been saving. We cannot wait. Yeah. Yay. So what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies thanks for listening